this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and I'm so glad and honored for you guys to be with me today. And um, so, how has your week been? I don't know how about you guys, but my week has been pretty good. Been a little busy, and it's got like a heat wave. I tell you, down here in Alabama, it's been crazy. But you know, stay inside, get the cold air, the cool air from the air conditioner. We're doing good, right? So, <laughs> I hope everyone is staying uh, cool. Hopefully, wherever you are in the world, uh, unless it's cold where you are, I hope you're staying warm. So, but thank you again, as always, for being a part of our podcast every week. You know, every Wednesday when I sit up to my desk and my microphone and get ready to do my podcast. I'm always wanting to bring forth something that is life-changing, something that is mind-altering to who you are. The main thing I've realized in my life is it's not about just hearing things we've already heard, right? It's not about always just hearing the same old, same old. It's not even about always just hearing, you know, God loves you, God loves you. That's important, and we should know that, right? But it's about bringing forth things of God that we need to understand about ourselves. You know, people ask me a lot, they say things such as, Okay, well, you focus on God a lot, but you focus on us or you, you know, as far as individuals, um, a lot more. And I said, well, why not? Because if we're made in God's image and likeness, I need to understand who I am in Him. I need to know what it's like to be this human being here on this planet because God made me into a human being. And He didn't make me human being just to have, play a joke on me or just to have fun with me. I'm not a pawn on a chessboard, right? And so it's important to know who I am who you are. What are you called to do in this world? How do you perceive life? How do you make it through life in a victorious way? So I do tend to focus a little bit on us because we are the image of God in the earth, right? And if the image of God in the earth is not doing, quote unquote, its job or not doing good according to what we should be doing, then hey, guess what? That reflects back on who he is. And so the more that we begin to entertain ourselves with the life God's given us with life and positivity and, and, and basically rescuing people, you know, bringing forth what I call salvation to, to people for a healing point of view, maybe to a, um, a life decision they need to be able to understand and save them from that life decision that maybe was carrying them down a wrong path or maybe bringing them to, to health, you know, from sickness or joy from sorrow. So it is a lot about us because we are that image. And if that image is not looking good, guess what? It's going to make that the image of God not be good because we are that reflective image. And so that's why I focus on us and God a lot because we got to begin to realize that we are in this life living, right? And, um, and we need to know how to live our lives. And so with that being said, I'm actually titling this message today something that you've probably never heard before, okay? And I'm going to call today's sort of teaching or sort of short story uh, on this podcast, and I'm going to call it this, You've Never Met God. <laughs> I want you to think about that. If I say to you, you've never met God, many of you are going to be like, oh, yes, I have. I know God. <laughs> you know, no matter if you, what kind of, you know, person you are in your religious faith, you're going to be like, I know God. Well, I'm going to prove to you today that you don't. How's that? Because this is going to help you to show you the God that you think you know that you don't know. And then introducing you to the God that you should know is going to be more life-giving to you than the God that you knew. 
Let me say that again. I'm going to show you that the God that you did know is not the same God that you're about to know, right? Because today is the day where I'm going to reveal to you the God that you need to know today not the God that you knew yesterday, right? Okay, now then, I know many of you are like, okay, now I'm really confused, Jeremy. What is going on, you know? Let me bring this out to you. One of the things that hit me the other day, uh, and I'm going to do a teaching if I can on this, on the understanding of faith and the understanding of mercy, the understanding of grace, the understanding of compassion and love. Notice how we read, and many of you have heard me say this before, if you read your Bible, you know that God is love, right? God doesn't have love, He is, is love. Now, what if we look at the thing called mercy? Let's look at this amazing thing that God calls mercy. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. The Bible says He who was, and He who is, and He who is to come. Now, once again, in the original language of the Greek, it says he who was, he who is, and he who is constantly coming. Now, I want you guys to think about all this I'm bringing out to you today. What we're seeing here is we're seeing a different God. Now, you might be like, wait a minute, hold on, I rebuked that. What are you talking about? Trust me, hold on to your seats. You're going to love this. The goodness of God is not about knowing God of the past and then carrying God that we know of the past into the now moment of today and then carrying that same God into the next day. Now, many of you would say to me, let's say if you're going to play the devil's advocate, you would say, well, the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here's the key thing with that. God is the same, but not to you. So when we read that, sometimes we think we think to ourselves, he's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever to me. That's not what the scripture says. It says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means to God, he's the same God. To you, you're meeting a new different God every day. Now, once again, hold on to your seats, folks, and put on your seatbelt because we're going to have a bumpy ride, but you're going to love this when I'm done. So let's look at mercy. He says his mercies are new every single morning. When we see that, we must understand, we've heard it said before, and you've probably heard me say before, every morning is a new batch of mercies. And a lot of times we hear that, we think, yeah, hallelujah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I get a new batch of mercy every morning. Have you ever thought about that? I want you to think that through for a moment. Don't just agree with me because you're going to be a yes person. Don't agree with me because you think I need a choir of people who are going to be, amen, brother, and sing the hallelujah chorus when I'm, when I'm saying this, right? I want you to think about this for a moment because his mercy is saying to you that I'm going to give you a new thing of mercy every morning. So I will not give you the mercy you had yesterday. The mercy you had yesterday carried you through yesterday. The mercy today is not going to, is not going to carry you through the yesterday's mercy because yesterday's mercy no longer exists. And then tomorrow's mercy will no longer be well, excuse me, will not be of today's mercy because today's mercy will die out by at the end of the day. And so tomorrow's mercy is something you will, you've never known, you've never encountered, you've never heard, you've never witnessed, and you've never seen. But yet, guess what? Tomorrow's mercy will be at the dawning of the new day, and then at tomorrow night, that mercy will die out as well. Think about it. So now that we've said that, now let's look at God. Let's look at God for a moment. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever to himself, <laughs> right? But yet when you look at God and you say, he who was, that means the God that was he who was, the God that was of yesterday, okay? Then you notice how it goes on to say, he who was, okay? So the he who was no longer exists right now to me as a human being. 
to my body, to my soul, to my mind. The God of he who was does not exist anymore to me. Because the God who is, because the Bible says he who was and he who is, so the God of he who is is who is the God who's revealing himself to me right now in this day. How do I know that? Because the dawning of the new day has approached me. And there, my Bible says to the rising of the sun, to the going down of the same. Now I won't get started on that scripture because if you think about it, that's not technically correct anyway. Because the, you know, because we know science and we know the, the sun does not rise and the sun does not set. So we know that was from a human point of view. So you even see that verse and you realize, is that verse truly God-ordained in a place of perfection? No, it's not. It's a human point of view, not a God point of view, because the sun does not rise, nor does the sun, uh, sun, uh, sun uh, go down. Hello? It's a human point of view. People need to understand that. It's a human language. It's a human perspective of what the man was saying in the scriptures. And so, but we notice that if we take it for what it says, the rising of the sun, the going down of the same, we understand that, guess what? That when the sun rises in the sky, that means what it's saying to us is it's rising because you're getting the God of the God who is. You're getting a new batch of mercy. You're getting a brand new batch of grace. You're getting a new love you've never experienced before. Now, with this being said, I want to say this to you. You have an obligation because the Bible mentions about first love, not forsaking your first love. Go back to the book of Revelation. Not forsaking your first love. How do I not forsake a first love when I am no longer in my first stage? I want you to think about that. How can I, how can I receive or keep or sustain a first love when I'm not in my first stage? I'm probably in my 1099th stage, right, of his love. How can I sustain a first love? There must be a trick to this, right? <laughs> it's not a trick. It's actually a powerful kingdom conclusion and that is this that the god of he who is is revealing himself to you today as if you've never seen him before as if you've never met him before no wonder why the bible tells us to ask and seek seek and then knock because seekers the power of seekers do you know how do you know how we should act in the body of christ we should be constant seekers we should never come to the finale i've said this before i'll say it again in judaism rabbis don't do that. They don't have the conclusion. They go back and forth. Their voices raise a little higher, higher in the sense of almost borderline argument, argumentative, but they're okay with it because they understand that there is not a finale to God because they're not going to make their conclusion and set up camp in certain religions. Hello, Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran. Hello, charismatic, non-dominational now has become a denomination pretty much, right? Because, because Judaism understands they're not so rigid in their setting up camp because they've probably seen their their people like the children of Israel do that many times before and got in trouble. And so when you notice that, you realize that the God of he who is, is the God that is revealing himself to you right now. So when you understand a first love, that means how do I sustain that? Here's the power I want you to understand. You need to leave the power to sustain. You need to leave the power to maintain. I hear a lot of charismatic Christians today saying sustain this, maintain the victory, maintain, sustain this. And I want somebody to say, it sounds really wonderful, but it's actually not really biblical. 
because a first love means that I don't have to return to a first stage of that love and keep the flame or the embers of that fire burning. It doesn't mean that. What it means is that if I sustain myself, not really sustaining, but if I awaken, I should say, every single morning to the fact that I just hit the refresh button and I'm meeting God for the very first time because the God I'm meeting today, that of the God who, the God of He who is, is going to be a brand new God to me today because I've never seen this side of God before because this day has never happened in human history and because this day has never happened in human history I'm going to get a glimpse of God because and, and the only way for me to get a glimpse of God and to see a first love because today is going to be the first time I've ever met the God that is he who is today and because of that guess what I don't have to sustain some first love I don't have to maintain the victory as we say what I need to do which by the way is not really not even a biblical statement but what I need to do is meet God for the first time today because today is the day of salvation. Today is the day in which I've known or I'm meeting or encountering salvation for the very first time. It's the first day of the dawning of a new day and then guess what? Tomorrow, this day will be gone and I won't know the God that I knew today. It doesn't mean that I'll forget the God that I knew today. It doesn't mean I forgot the God that I knew yesterday. It means I'm going to build upon it, but yet when I build upon it, I'm going to build it upon line upon line, precept on precept means I'm going to build upon new and then new. I'm going to build upon the new and then the new and then the new and then the new. That's why sometimes when you see Christians who sometimes can be very rigid and they're, they, they think they're more mature in the Christian walk. They've been saved 20, 30, 40 years and they don't, they don't mind telling you, I've been saved 22 years. Hallelujah. Filled with the Spirit so and so amount of years. I want about to say blah, 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 blah. Because guess what? It, it sounds great, but what you're, what you're showing me is you've reached your finale. You've reached this, you've re you're putting your faith more in a time frame, a time, you know, a time continuum, which means you're looking at life of more longevity it is, the more mature you become. I have news for you. I've met many Christians who've been Christians for 20, 30, 40 years, and some of them are even worse than they used to be. Come on. Some of them are more rigid, more judgmental, more mean than they used to be. So so if that's maturity, you can keep it. I don't want it, right? Come on. Now, not for everybody. I'm just saying some people. What this means here is God could care less. Let me put this way. Correct grammar. God could not care less if you've been if you've been knowing God for 20, 40 there's 60 years. God does not care. No offense, folks. I'm not being bad. I mean, he cares, but he doesn't care. Because what he's saying is, I want you to, to have an introduction of me every morning because there's a new mercy every morning for you. One that you've never discovered. One that you've never known. No wonder why God had God has all these names. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sinkanu. Uh, he is Emmanuel. He is Christ in us. He's the fuller sap. He's the redeemer. He's the, you know, sanctifier, justifier, right? He is, you know, uh, oh my goodness, can we go on? The lion, the lamb. I mean, he is all these things. He's the ram in the thicket. You know, he is the, the rose of Sharon. I mean, we go on and on and on and on. No wonder why God has so many names because there's so many different personalities and traits of these names. And so what he wants to do is introduce himself to me every morning as, as, as if I met him for the first time because in actuality, I am meeting him the first time today because he's because he's revealing himself to me as the God who is that's why his main name is I am that I am and people you've heard me say this before because it is a present tense reality not a past experience reality nor is it a longevity reality if you want to begin 
to understand God and understand God the more and, and, and keep, we'll say, we'll use the phrase sustain your first love, then here's what you do. You First of all, number one, step number one, you throw the word sustain and maintain out the front door. Bam, there it is. Get rid of it. Lock the door. Eh, don't need that anymore. Second of all, I don't have to fight to sustain my first love. Oh, I got to get back to it. Nope. Guess what? Lock the door out the front door. Lock the door. What you need to do now is you need to, need to change your mind by the renewing of it to understand the eternals. If your mind lives in the eternal realm, that means the t- that's why the Bible talks about how the natural realm is, is time, and yet the heavens or the eternals, guess what, knows no time. The Bible says in Revelation, time shall be no more. So if I begin to live in the eternals mentally, that's why the that's what the mind of Christ really is wanting us to do, is come up hither. And so once we do that, then we begin to realize that every day I'm meeting him for the very first time. Therefore, I'll never get stuck in a rut. I'll never get stuck on my longevity because I'm worshiping my longevity, which which to some people equals maturity more than anything. I don't want to do that. I don't want to set up camp. I want to meet him the first time every morning as if I've never known him before because the truth is today I'll probably know him as a lamb of God. Tomorrow I might know him as a fuller soap. And guess what? Those two things have nothing in common with each other. If you think of the lamb and the lion, the lamb and the lion, trust me when I say this to you guys, have nothing in common. Because normally today if you see a lamb out there and a lion, that lion's going to attack that lamb and kill it and eat it. Okay? So when you understand the concept, of course we understand what he means by lion and lamb and how the, uh, the you know, we see in the garden and, and then there will come a day when the lion will lay with the lamb. We get all that. But what we're saying here is notice the extremities of God's names because what he's revealing to you right now is live in the eternals. Move into the realm of the, uh, of the time shall be no more. Move into the realm of the God who is because if you know the God who is, that means every morning you will, you will be able to introduce yourself and God himself introduce himself to you as the God who is. And you will be a seeker. You will never have to sustain your seeking ability. Don't worry. There's no demon trying to come upon you. There's no devil in hell trying to steal your joy and steal, you know, and steal this present moment and, and, and rob you of your relationship with God. Trust me, guys, let me tell you something. I've been, I've been, we'll say spirit filled, charismatic, whatever term you want to put to it, labels, which I'm not a big label fan. I've been this since I was, gosh, in my early teens and here I am 50 years old and I've seen it all baby I have seen it all I've seen demons that were made up I've seen names of demons I've never heard of that not even biblical it's probably not even in any religious book in history probably not even with Hinduism or Buddhism they just make up their own demons here in Christianity right so you know which is which is a creating your own entity creating your own imagination and it shall be real to you so no Jeremy doesn't do that kind of stuff what I do is understand that I live in a world that's of trials and tribulations and with that said that means my struggles will be a biblical struggle not a fabricated uh, creating my own reality demons and guess what I will have to fight against my own reality how do I know that because Paul said the things I don't want to do I do and things I do, I don't want to do. And then he turns around and defines that for us. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of flesh? Is that not point blank to the point? He's saying the things I don't want to do, I'm doing. Why? Because I'm creating a reality within my existence that I don't want, that is wearing me out because I'm fighting my own battle. There's no word in here about demons. None at all. Okay, in this verse, He's, he's talking about himself. I'm wrestling with myself of my own thoughts and my own imagination, my own mindset. I'm wrestling with what I am fighting against that I have created in my mind of an, of an opposite polarized mentality from law to grace. I'm fighting this and it's inside of my being. 
inside of my being. And he said, who shall deliver me from this flesh? He didn't say the devil's after me. The devil's created some demon or the demon the demon of law is after me. The demon of grace is after me. You know, oh, sometimes I just want to say some of people need to take a chill pill or either get some, I won't even go there. All right. <laughs> anyway, so we've got to begin to get more biblical technically on what is being said in the reality of our minds and our, and our lives and our lifestyles. And God is letting you know right now, you don't have to be able to fight, fight these things. When the Bible says fight the good fight of faith, that means you fight the good fight and fight your, in fact, your fight should be good. If you're finding yourself wrestling and your joy is gone and, oh, I don't want to do, I'm worn out, I need intercessors warring with me, guess what? Then you're fighting your own illusion, your own imagination. I'm going to be very blunt with you. Uh, you know, some of you might get turned off by this because I'm knocking over your sacred cows, but the Bible says to fight the good, good fight fight the good fight. So if I'm fighting a good fight, then guess what? It's not a bad fight for me. I shouldn't lose my joy. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, you know, have my head spinning around 300 times. No, what it should mean to me is I'm fighting the good. I'm fighting the good fight of what? Not demons, not this. Good fight of faith. Faith. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. So my fight's going to be good. If it's good, that means good can is equivalent to my peace and my joy. So if my joy is lost and my peace is lost, then guess what? I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting the right thing. I should be fighting, right? So fighting the good fight of faith. And as I'm right now, my faith, my faith of what? Making things whole. <laughs> there you go. Your faith has made you whole. Uh, you know. Faith to move mountains. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So all of a sudden, it's like I'm finding something good. My fight is good. And what it's good is the fact of faith. So there's my fight right there, right? And then when you understand that under that concept, you realize I don't have to sustain, maintain, fight against this, lose my joy. I have to read the Bible. And, and understand the logistics of meeting God for the very first time every morning. That would that would give me a first love every morning, constantly. And there, therefore, every morning I'll have a first love every morning. Nothing to bring over, nothing to carry over from yesterday. And so the Bible says, "Give us this day. Give me this day. This day, my daily bread." That equals that's equivalent to the dawning of the new day, the brightness of His coming. Guess what? Brightness comes when the sun comes out, which is, represents the new day. That's why God made the earth in six days, because these days, think about it. Why would God waste his time, for lack of better words, of calling out days? Day one, I made this. Day two, I made that. Why? Who cares? I mean, let's just face it. Who cares? As long as you made creation, who cares if that you, you know, you made it in a certain length of days? Well, guess what? God cares. You know why he cares? Because he's letting you know every day was presented something different and new. Every day that he, he wanted to specifically point out to you and call out to you is representation of every day there's something new. So this is the reality, folks. Living in the now present reality, seeing the I am as the I am every morning for the very first time and getting something brand new every single morning and encountering something every single morning for the first time, receiving a new batch of mercy, grace, and love for the first time, then guess what? Who cares about how my longevity? Who cares about that I've known God 20 years or three hours? What, it, what matters to me is that I'm living in the eternals of the time shall be no more, living in the God who is, living in the I amness of God, and guess what? Nothing else will matter to me anymore. 
because automatically I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the refresh button. In other words, here's what you're doing. You are recalibrating your brain every single solitary morning when you do this. You are recalibrating. You are refreshing every single morning. And that, my friend, is what it means to have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ does not speak of yesterday. That's why even Jesus himself messed you up when he said, look, you know, when you say, well, Christ died 2,000 years ago. And what does Jesus turn around and say? He said, nope, actually, guess what? Wrong. Get it again. That was a natural thing. But yet Christ died before the foundation of the earth. So therefore, Jesus is letting you know, time, it doesn't mean anything to me. You can say 2,000 years. You can say 10,000. Why would God even say that Christ died before the foundation of the earth? Because he's letting you know, do you know the time frame of, of how long the foundation of the earth has been around? No, you don't. It could be, it could have been 6,000 years. I doubt it. It's probably thousands and thousands or a million years old or 300 million years old. Who cares? Who knows and who cares? Because he's letting you know, I don't care. So I'm going to mess you up by saying it's going to be before the foundation of the earth. Why? So you will get out of time. You will get out of time and you will, you will live in the eternals and know me every single morning of your life. Now, I'm going to say something to you guys before I close. It might be a little blunt, but you guys will get a good laugh out of this. Okay? So, knowing God means yada, which we know before as like Adam knew Eve. We all get that right. Staying rated G and rated PG-13 here. Right? That means it's intimacy, which means intercourse in the original Hebrew language. Okay? Now, let me ask you guys a question. All of you who are married with your spouse, okay? You do you say, hey, you know what? We had well, I knew her, quote unquote. I knew him uh, the night of our honeymoon, and or or do you say, hey, you know, yes, we had intercourse um ten years ago, and yet for some reason my wife wants more. My husband wants more. I don't know why. I gave I gave it to him ten years ago. I gave it to him the night of our honeymoon. Why would they want it more? Because intimacy should be a long lived out occurrence that you're having with your spouse continually. That'll get that'll that'll break some marriage counseling for some people, right? And so it is because what that means is intimacy is not a one-hit wonder, folks. You know what's wrong with you, lady? I give it to you the night of a honeymoon. You want it twenty years later? What's wrong with you, right? I mean, no, because intimacy and knowing God should be an everyday occurrence of knowing your intimacy. You should be intimate with your spouse, whether it's every day through intimacy or intercourse or kissing or hugging or I love you, because intimacy should be an ongoing thing. That's what makes a good marriage. You don't have a good marriage if you say, we haven't touched each other, hugged each other, had sex with each other, we haven't looked at each other in over 20 years. Well, wow, I would say, you know what? I'm all about reconciliation, but something in me says either get either get divorced or go through ministry marriage counseling, because some may ride with that picture, right? Are you with me? Come on, folks. And the whole choir said amen. So that said, get to know God every day. Be intimate. Know God every day. Know Him in who He wants to reveal Himself to you every morning. And let it be something new because it will definitely be something new whether we want it or not, right? If you ask for bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. I'm going to give you the newness because I'm going to give you daily bread every day. And it won't taste like the same yesterday. So get that out of your mouth. Get that, get that flavor out of your mouth because today... If you're truly moving in the mind of Christ versus religion, then you will taste and see the Lord is good today because you've never tasted what I'm going to do for you and giving you today. But if it's if it tastes a little familiar, if it tastes a little bit like, oh yeah, God and I do this every day, then guess what? You might not be serving the God of I am. You might not be serving the Hebrew God. You might not be serving, you know, the God of uh, of the universe because Him, the God I know, is new every day. 
right? Come on, folks. And so I wanted to give you sort of drop this bomb on you guys today on this podcast to make you think, to make you think, give you food for thought. Because this is going to be a huge, great awakening for a lot of people when they understand that concept. Hey, thank you as always for tuning into our podcast. It means a lot to me. You know, guys, I love to cut up with you guys. Sometimes I say things in, in our podcast or my teachings or my lives because I just love it. I don't, I don't do it for a shock factor. I love to have fun with you guys as if I'm sitting in the living room talking to each one of you and saying, let's just be real. You know, here we say in the South where the rubber meets the road, you know, the tire meets the road because I believe in being just honest and I believe in being just down to earth and not some hype and fluff because let's just face it, folks. How many of you have been in those places where... All that hype and fluff, it didn't do you no good. You went home and you were the same person. You had a good goosebump, but you were the same person. I believe in practicality. I believe in giving something that you can charge yourself with and challenge yourself with to change your life with. That's really my main goal, is giving you practical things of God's kingdom that is still revelatory, mystical, powerful, biblical, and yet mind-blowing because that's the thing that I'm learning every day with God is I'm learning mind-blowing things every day from God because guess what today I just met God today did you have a good day today guys as always don't forget don't forget don't forget if you don't like your day everybody say it with me if you don't like your day change your thoughts you'll change your life God bless This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.